Well, hey, new friends. I'm just jumping in here to say, um, I hope that you feel the same way, as in that we are trauma-exploring pals together with a similar focus on moving forward with, you know, a less fucked-up brain patterning issue and all of that relational destruction. That being said, I'm not a professional. I'm not a crisis worker. I'm just some human who talks about trauma from the inside out, which means any information you hear out of this mouth is for your own personal discrimination, just like a friend's would be. Now, hopefully take this information and work in conjunction with your trauma therapist to figure out what works for you and what's N.A., but this traumatized motherfucker podcast community and social media presence is not meant to be a replacement for trauma therapy. I'm just researching, reflecting on trauma experientially and academically, which means I assume no liability for your getting triggered, enmeshed, or offended, or any of the subsequent trauma reactions thereafter. Me and the other motherfuckers in the blanket fort are here to help to be supportive and to offer acceptance. But boundaries and realistic expectations are important for everyone in the complex trauma game. And while we're at it, my recovery is as important slash exhausting to manage to me as it probably is to you. So I always want to hear from you, your challenges, your successes, and your stories to share them with the entire crew. But please know that I can't therapize you and any crisis situations need to be addressed immediately from an appropriately trained resource. But that being said, if you're searching for personal understanding, support, and maybe some laughs about our truly fucked up brains along the way, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Traumatized Motherfuckers, and I really hope to see more of you. My name is Jess, and let's be clear. I'm just a traumatized motherfucker doing my best. Cheers, y'all. I'll see you at the show. What's up, motherfuckers? It's Jess. Um, I've got a really long one, so I feel like I should just jump in. But let me say first that I'm really glad that I finally got this one out. This was kind of a theory that I started working on um, months ago, just pondering out on my morning walks. And it's taken me a long time to jump in and write about it. So I'm really stoked. Yesterday I got the chance to just do it the whole thing all at once. And I'm stoked to share this, I guess, hypothesis with you, <laughs> this model that I've made. Anyways, I'll stop trying to introduce it and just get to it. So this is my three-pronged axis for trauma life recovery. Sometimes people ask how I got any of my shit in order, and let me be clear, I really think that it's misguided to ask me. Like, I'm an idiot who just so happened to figure some things out after a lot of trial and error, and I enjoy writing too much. Uh, that being said, I have taken a few steps on the trauma recovery journey that we all face. I'm not saying those steps were taken running. 
with leaps and bounds. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't trip and slide backwards from time to time or that my legs are always steady and sure-footed, but I'll tell you what works for me. If you're looking for some honest experiential words from someone with zero academic expertise in trauma. And hey, I've been pondering this theory about the key components to trauma recovery in my spare time. In other words, during my morning pacings around the yard with my wheelchair pup, Archie. Because I mean, what the fuck else would my brain be busy with? School? Practical matters? Nah, just abstract thinking about psychology. That sounds right. Here is my proposal that no one asked for. The three-pronged axis that supports a lifelong trauma recovery journey from one fucker to another and why a single or dual axis approach is inevitably going to collapse. So if you've been following my ramblings for any amount of time, you may have noticed some of the strange vernacular that I use to describe this traumatized state of being. Why have I done this? Because even if they're technically wrong terms from a clinical approach, it helps to have words to describe what you're going through. Just like this three-pronged axis of recovery might be faulty musings of a weirdo, but hey, at least it's a way to think about what needs to be accomplished, a rough roadmap when you're feeling lost. So first, I interchangeably talk about having trauma responses, being in trauma states, or having trauma activation at times. And when I use these phrases, I'm describing those days or weeks or months or years when you're in a state of constant system arousal, when you're experiencing flashbacks and panic attacks, extreme anxiety, depression, and all the other fun mental and physical manifestations of PTSD, acute and chronic. In other words, being triggered is an acute trauma response, but so is a month of dealing with unmanaged anxiety and sleep disruption and terrible eating habits after being triggered. It takes a while for your brain and body to calm down, even after the immediate trigger has passed. Secondly, I talk about traumatized living quite often. For me, this is referring to the ways of life that many of us succumb to as a function of unprocessed trauma. The other mental health disorders, physical ailments, avoidant and self-defeating behaviors that plague complex trauma sufferers, the terrible workplaces, the sad residences, the abusive relationships, and the abandonment of our own ambitions that chronically defeated folks experience when they don't have the energy to fight anymore or the tools to escape their prisons. When we do start to make strides in our traumatized worlds, learning about our conditions and enacting real change in our physical worlds, this is what I refer to as our trauma journeys or trauma life recovery. Lastly, I want to clarify my reliance on the term trauma brain. In my writing, this refers to both the biological and abstract effects of trauma on the old brain box. I mean, not only am I making reference to the physiological changes that take place in a child's brain when they experience abuse or neglect during their developmental stages, the faulty wiring, if you will, 
but I'm also referring to the long-term effects of these electrical mishaps, the maladaptive thinking patterns and conditioned reflexes that we carry throughout life, the fucked up core beliefs and the nasty inner critics, the avoidant and escapist tendencies, the rumination, the penchant for catastrophizing and waiting for the other shoe to drop, the survival adaptations gone wrong when over-applied to non-life-threatening stimuli. Sometimes I also call this a traumatized mindset, besides a trauma brain. So where did these terms come from? I don't know, fuck if I know. Somewhere in my own trauma learning and writing, I started adopting some creative phrases to try to make sense of the dizzying experiences. Just blending researched facts with my personal experiences in an attempt to name and therefore understand the confusing and poorly defined outcomes of trauma. Are any of these phrases right in the context of clinical psychology or research? I really have no idea. And that's alright with me if it's alright with you. As long as I'm making up my own trauma terms, I'm going to take it one step further and propose a new hypothesis. I want to describe a functional theory about mental health management that I've been turning over for a while now, the three-pronged axis of trauma life recovery. Could I be wrong? Totally. As I'm always saying, I'm no therapist or psychologist just an experiential trauma learner with a budding education in applied behavior analysis. So don't listen to what I have to say if you're looking for an academic trauma expert. But for what it's worth, I think it's helpful to have words to think about the foundation of trauma recovery, nevertheless. Traumatized brains, traumatized mindsets, traumatized lives. I briefly explained what I mean by traumatized living or traumatized mindsets, but let me get more explicit to set the stage. So you know how there are days when you wake up and have this sense of, oh fuck yeah, like ain't nothing gonna hold me back. I don't know why I've been so down on myself for the past 10 years. I've got it going on and I've got what I need to succeed. Uh, you know how 24 hours later or less you'll be telling yourself, I fucked everything up, I hate my life, I'm tired of struggling, nothing ever matters anyways, I never asked to be put on this earth, and everything is futile. Under condition A, you'll probably be motivated to do everything. Exercising, eating right, socializing, pursuing hobbies, learning, taking therapy seriously, working extra hard, applying to new jobs, searching for better places to live, dreaming of your future. Let's call this a recovery mindset. Under condition B, you probably won't be doing a fucking thing. Sitting around on the couch, laying in bed, staring off into space, avoiding social contacts, ruminating, eating, trying to kill time, abusing substances, beating yourself up, waiting for the sweet relief of death. Let's call this your traumatized mindset. I'm guessing, if you're anything like me, that you fluctuate between these two states of being with variable frequencies. Maybe you have a good month of recovery thinking when nothing can hold you back. Look out world, here I come, try and fucking stop me. 
Even your regular triggers and your annoyances and obstacles are no match for that high horse that you perch upon. Everything is going great and you have no idea why you were in such a funk for the past, you know, 20 years. And then, like a rubber band, you wake up one day, snapped back into a three-month stretch of traumatized thinking. Suddenly, nothing can pull you out of this stinking, wretched shit pit. There's no point in trying. Everything is so overwhelming and uncomfortable. Even if you won the lottery, you'd probably still lay in bed and dream of the ways you're about to get fucked. Right. So this is the constant battle that we all go through trying to overcome our trauma brains and trauma lives in the long term. It's easy to buck up and to have a recovery mindset for a few days or weeks when you're riding a brief high, and it's not so simple to keep that momentum moving you forward day after day, year after year, when life comes a-knocking. And unfortunately, trauma recovery is going to take years of work. So it's a real thorn in the foot of your mental health rehab to constantly go through these positive mindset crashes and falls. Each nosedive into a trauma mindset doesn't just set you back for a few days or weeks. It can feel like undoing all of the hard effort you've put in for months or years. Like suddenly your anxiety is out of whack again. You can't sleep at night. You're having flashbacks and nightmares. Your body condition has slipped backwards into dysfunctional health symptoms. Suddenly, you're too terrified to leave the house, let alone go to therapy. You can't imagine ever feeling peaceful, happy, or capable again. And uh, you start to doubt the validity of those memories ever happening in your past. These backslides on our trauma tracks have long-lasting detrimental effects. The swirling shitstorm of mental and physical symptoms is difficult to navigate and sometimes it pushes us even further into dysfunctional living. And even worse, these shitty trauma mindsets are really difficult to get over. Once you're stuck in the tar pits, crawling back out to reach the mile marker where that avalanche swept you away in the first place is really no easy feat. It takes hard work just to believe that it's possible to feel okay again. So, how do we keep ourselves from stumbling into this stanking trap over and over and over again? Well, this is where I finally get to it and propose that there are three important factors for maintaining a trauma recovery mindset and rehabbing a traumatized life. Take them or leave them the three prongs of traumatized life and recovery. Here is what I have noticed. There are three parts of my life that make or break my functional existence in this world and how I'm feeling about it. When I'm doing well, it's because I'm upholding all three components and keeping myself accountable for their daily maintenance. When I'm being shitty, towards myself, my life, and others. It's because positive actions in one to three of these categories are missing. (laughs) These categories are behavior, inner landscape, and environment. Does it sound too simplistic and common sense to mean anything or justify a graphic? Fair enough, fucker. Let me keep explaining. Also, 
here's your shitty fucking graphic anyways, so fucking deal with it. It's on the site if anyone would like to see. <laughs> so similar to what we've learned in cognitive behavioral therapy, I'm thinking that there are basic building blocks in our lives that influence, well, essentially everything. In CBT, the focus is on thoughts, emotions, and behaviors as the stimuli that form our inner and therefore outer worlds. Semi-paralleling that model on accident, I'm proposing that our behaviors, inner worlds, and environments influence our ability to maintain growth mindsets and make lasting changes in our lives following traumatic events. Equally simple in theory, extremely difficult to achieve in real life. Let's break her down. These are the three areas that require our time and attention in order to have time and attention for anything other than wallowing in self-defeat. Number one, your environment, aka your physical and social surroundings, what you're consuming, what's influencing your outlook. So yeah, when I say environment, I don't just mean your home decor. Although, honestly, something so shallow as your shitty cockroach-ridden apartment is definitely going to play a part of it. When I refer to environment, though, I mean all of your surrounding stimuli. Your region, your climate, your culture, your workplace, your residence, your religious views, your social network, your support system, your media consumption, that's kind of a big one, um, all of the information that comes streaming into your eyes and ears. Quite literally, the definition of stimuli. The antecedents to your behaviors, if you want to get educational with it. ABA, holler. Whether you have noticed it or not, these things fucking matter. Have you ever realized how much being around persistently negative people drags you down? Have you experienced the life-pervading effects of a toxic workplace? Have you been negatively impacted by keeping scumbags for company or being around your unhealthy family? Have you noticed how much shame filters in from your cultural expectations? Have you taken note of the life-limiting influences of uncomfortable climates, unsafe neighborhoods, or poorly designed transportation systems? Have you realized that there is a connection between ingesting defeatist media and giving up on life yourself? Well, you should really fucking start. On a broad level, let's talk about the effects of outdoor environmental conditions. Why not? Like anyone who's lived in the Midwest, for instance, probably has realized before how negatively their entire life outlook is affected by winter. Seasonal affective disorder, six months of sub-zero torture that descends on the region. Uh, what about those of us who live in extreme heat and humidity for half the year? Yeah, second home Atlanta, that's me. Um, what about the folks who live in a shady neighborhood and feel unsafe leaving the house? Or a city where it takes hours to run a simple errand because of traffic and terrible public transit? or maybe an apartment complex where people are always screaming and breaking things. The effects are the same. Avoidance will take over. 
You're going to lock yourself indoors, limiting your life experiences and drumming up your anxiety every time you do have to leave the house. You'll probably feel triggered a good portion of the time, just existing at home, and you will probably find yourself stuck in forced freeze responses that are characterized by indecision, worry, and unrest. Hello, agoraphobic years of my life. Yay, being afraid to leave the front door. Yeehaw, fear responses, self-perpetuating and exponentially building upon themselves until you're too afraid to go to the grocery store. What about people who have less than ideal social environments? Like folks who hold jobs in toxic environments or have work environments that just don't meld well with their personalities or those of us who have difficult family members who continue to deny and disrespect our life experiences and opinions, or the fuckers who primarily associate with Debbie Downers and eagerly upset Edwards every day. Yeah, you'd better believe that those folks are going to have an impact on your life, whether you overtly realize it or not. The things that other people say seep into your brain and you usually don't even notice the long-term effects. The thoughts and behaviors that they will reinforce or reject will have a role in your daily life. The level of acceptance or dissonance that you experience in a social environment will work its way into your psyche and impact the way you see yourself. When your social world reinforces negative, detrimental, or simply incohesive thoughts and actions, you will work 10 times as hard to keep your positive mindset afloat. Finally, when I say environment, I am also referring to the media and systems that you subscribe to. Have you ever been a part of a shaming religious organization? Have you primarily chosen to wallow in the company of emo bands? Uh, Guilty. Do you put mindless garbage on your TV or podcasting app to just zone out and let your mind wander? Are you a frequent flyer on the flaming poo plane that is scrolling through social media? Bitch, what you choose to fill your head with makes a goddamn difference. If you aren't listening to trauma educational audiobooks all the time, okay, fine. But at least try to find something engaging, eye-opening, and aimed at self-development. Don't turn off your brain in front of mindless reality TV all the time. Don't get lost in other people's pretend lives on Instagram, or even worse, in the attention-seeking posts on Facebook and Reddit. Note, no, not all of Reddit is bad, but a good portion of it is devoted to just triggering cries for help that aren't meant to actually assist anybody. So, whatever. If you want to live better, find ways to improve your environment to support your good intentions. Simple as that. If your job is driving you to psychotic breaks, if you're too afraid or uncomfortable to leave the house, If you're constantly pumping chaotic headlines from sensationalist news programs into your ears, fucking stop it. Cut that shit out. And yes, that includes the negative social influences. Say goodbye. They aren't helping you. And in fact, they are hurting your trauma life recovery. Easier said than done. Yeah, I know. 
but so is living this life founded on complex trauma. The second component, your inner landscape, your inner world, your inner environment, your self-analysis, your thoughts, your beliefs, presence, and perspective. When referring to your mental space, there's a lot to take into account. It's not only how you feel and what you consciously think, but all of the subconscious sentiments, deeply programmed dysfunctional beliefs, and attitudes that you use to frame your interpretation of the universe and your place in it. So in other words, it's a complicated landscape to capture, especially when the seasons change so quickly at times. What is going on inside of you as a complex trauma sufferer? Probably more chaos and unrest than anyone could ever anticipate from the outside. Probably more fucked up belief systems and defeatist attitudes than you even understand your damn self. Probably a lot of dissociative and escapist tendencies that make it difficult to see things right in front of your own eyes. A lot of obsession and rumination that mask any big picture thinking or positive forward thinking. And probably some lifelong values transplanted into your head from your family's generational trauma before you could even form the words to repeat them. Yep, that's a trauma brain, all right? Obviously, if you want to make lifelong changes to your life, that includes the way you think about your life, how you view yourself, how present you are in the environment around you, what you've learned to expect, what you believe is possible, what you believe you deserve. So this inner landscape part that's the component that probably requires the most work from a traumatized motherfucker because it is the most rapidly shifting yet pervasively stubborn aspect of the trilogy. By that, I mean our emotions and interpretations of the world are like roller coasters a great deal of the time. Like one moment, everything is cool. The next moment, you're triggered into a state of complete despair. One day you feel somewhat optimistic, less than 24 hours later, you're wondering why you ever thought there was a semblance of hope to make improvements. And at the same time, you're probably dealing with a lot of lifelong mental influences and belief systems that you can't even pinpoint. When your family has been repeating the same fucked up maladaptive beliefs since you were in diapers, you likely have a hard time naming them or untangling them from what you actually have seen with your own eyes. The influence of your family's past trauma, and let us be clear, basically everyone who suffers from CPTSD comes from a set of parents who also suffered from CPTSD. You're probably just the first person in your family to ever hear about it has framed the way that you see the world and the way you've existed since day one. Your mental landscape is tricky because it's the least observational piece of the puzzle. When you need to make changes in your environment or behaviors, those are fairly objective points to analyze and confront. My neighborhood is riddled with crime. Fucking move. My pudgy body is making me more depressed and riddled with shame. Again, fucking move. There are ways to view, analyze, and fix the external problem that even a third party could confirm. Your internal mechanisms, though, 
Well, I mean, I guess an outsider might comment on your shitty attitude, pessimism, or negative emotions, but that's probably not going to help you accomplish anything other than the dissolution of another relationship. I mean, hell, half of the time you probably don't even know what you're actually thinking or feeling because your thoughts are too tied up in anxiety, rumination, and obsession. Concentrating on the bright, moving flash on the screen while your brain PC is running all sorts of secretly encoded background programs. I never realized, for example, that I didn't believe I deserved happiness, wealth, or respect until I did a lot of deep work. How do you think my life has proceeded since I've been consistently telling myself that there's no point in trying? I was just born doomed and broken with a predetermined fate of lifelong misery. Uh, Yeah, it followed that route. When the only paths that you can even recognize are the ones that lead you right back to your family roots, you will keep returning home and sleeping in your childhood bed. If you want to feel better, treat everyone better and live better, you need to think better. You need a realistic mindset and two feet firmly rooted on the ground below you. You need to change your perspective to find inner motivation and to stop breaking yourself down before you even get the chance to try. Yeah, you need to get into therapy. You also need to start filling your brain with better influences than the ones that formed your traumatized life in the first place. Change your thoughts, change your inner energy, find the power to change your world psychology okay lastly the third of the axes behaviors aka how you expend energy the ways that you move in the world the events that you overtly control in your existence this one is easiest to understand your behaviors how you show up in the world for yourself and others are going to have a major impact on the life that you build for yourself and the mindset that you're trying to maintain. If you're constantly laying around in bed, filling your mouth with delicious snacks and isolating yourself from your social support system, you're going to continue leading a traumatized life. If you opt for working a dead-end job, playing video games all night, and drinking yourself to sleep, you're going to continue living a traumatized life. If you know what you should do differently, but take the short-term easy way out when the time actually comes to make your move, I won't repeat it again, traumatized life. On the other hand, if you decide that enough is enough and finally follow through on making that therapy appointment, getting regular exercise and keeping addictive substances away from your face, you will start to see changes that are distinctly non-traumatized. What do they call that? Functional? Healthy? Balanced? Well-adapted? Yeah, what's that like? Sounds really foreign and exotic. The fucking truth is, put on my ABA hat, adaptive behaviors are critical to leading a socially healthy life. And honestly, that's pretty much the basis of this human experience. We're highly social pack animals. We're evolved to prioritize our acceptance in the herd. Most of the reinforcing and punishing factors that cement our routine responses on Satan's green earth 
are motivated by our evaluative processes for social safety. In other words, the reason you behave the way you do is almost always going to come down to an interpretation of whether it's socially acceptable or unacceptable. And your inner responses to your behaviors are going to be framed by your self-evaluation of how successfully you achieved the desired social outcome. So shame, anxiety, depression, obsession, fear, these are the internal experiences that punish you for behaving in ways that might threaten your position in the group. This is especially important for traumatized motherfuckers to remember because the basis of our trauma is social. We've likely been carrying around these survival-based emotional burdens for our entire lives thanks to the negative social consequences that we experienced early on. But that doesn't mean we know what the right behaviors are or how to functionally enact them. In fact, trying to avoid these emotional punishments probably causes us to carry out even more detrimental behaviors. It is an endless cycle. For example, you probably know that it's socially unsafe to eat McDonald's every day, lounge in front of the TV, and drink beer on repeat. You probably experience guilt, shame, and self-hate, judging yourself through the imagined lenses of your peers in response to those behaviors. But then you likely avoid those emotional responses by strengthening your shitty behaviors or turning to other avoidant responses. Drinking more beer, eating more fast food, or eventually shutting yourself indoors entirely so you don't have to confront the negative responses of your social group. Behaviors are easy to change in a way because they are observable and measurable. They're challenging because we've been so thoroughly programmed to lean on certain ones over the course of decades that they become reflexive. Again, unconscious processes that we've learned from an early age and probably rarely consider from an outside perspective. But when you start creating new habits and routines and conscious efforts, your life will change, possibly very quickly if the other two factors are being maintained as well. Until you get started, you're just trapped in this cyclical pattern of reliving the same day for the rest of your life and hoping that something is magically going to change for you. Okay, so the necessity for all three components. Sweet. I think this has been pretty straightforward, discussing all of the shit that will obviously make your life better or worse, no matter your mental health status. Again, you can call it an overly detailed analysis of common sense knowledge. I won't disagree. But the most important part is how the three individual components, your environment, your inner landscape, and your behaviors can't carry your ass towards trauma recovery unless you have the trilogy of wheels spinning. One alone isn't going to work. You'll probably fall flat on your fucking face almost immediately. Having two irons placed successfully in the fire, however, probably isn't going to work either, at least not in the long term. 
So let's talk about one wheel at a time. Let's talk about the I think I can inner landscape axis only. Let's say that you just attended a Tony Robbins speaking engagement and you are feeling revitalized on the inside. Your mental health problems are a thing of the fucking past. You're excited to be you. You can't wait to make big changes in the world. Your mental landscape is looking beautiful and spacious and easy to navigate today. You have one wheel of the trauma recovery axis installed on the machine and gas is in the engine ready to go. Awesome. Now, let's say you take your beautiful inner world, walk out of the motivational speech, and return to your dilapidated house. Your phone starts blowing up with your family members harassing you about interpersonal dramas and obligations. They scoff at your seminar attendance and tell you that life is futile. You just need some Jesus in your life. Meanwhile, you learn that your work has devolved into chaos and you need to redo everything that you already completed because somebody else fucked up. Your problem now. You wanted to start working on that big project that Tony inspired you to complete, but now you are just feeling overwhelmed. Without realizing it, you are standing in front of the refrigerator and piling cheese into your mouth. Suddenly, you're too uncomfortable and bloated to start working on that project at all, let alone the workout routine that you swore you were going to start today. It's too fucking hot out and you look like a pimply mess anyways. As you feel disappointed in your failed goals, you uncork a shitty bottle of whiskey and take a big pour. Fuck it. The day is ruined. Why not? Might as well pass the time until you can try again tomorrow. And tomorrow, everything follows the same script. Unpredictable job, pervasively negative family, uncomfortable living situation, unhealthy habits. By the end of the day, you forgot completely about that light, optimistic, excited feeling that Tony gave you. Your mind is back in the gutter. Life is pointless, just like your mom said on the phone. You wasted your money attending that motivational speech like a fucking moron. And now you might as well go pick up some fast food, sit in front of the TV, and wait for the day to end, since you managed to fuck everything up, just like you always do. Does that sound familiar? Sorry, fucker. If it makes you feel better, I crank out these examples with no hesitancy because I have lived them too often to forget myself. The point is... One aspect of the axis, the axis feeds right into the next. They all reinforce or undermine each other to effectively determine your existence for better or for worse. And when you only have one wheel to balance on your, your entire life, it's destined to topple sooner than later. So the next possible option if you have the behavioral component only, the I'll fucking make myself do it option. Imagine the same situation above, but starting with a new behavioral intention. Let's say you just finished your first session with a personal trainer and you're feeling great. You're finally going to start working out and get your entire life back on track. Now, throw in all the same factors mentioned earlier. Your defeatist mom, your unpleasant home, your toxic job. How long do you think that you'll continue the life-positive behavior of working on your health, really? Uh-huh. Same fucking scenario. 
What starts with good intentions ends with handfuls of cheese and glasses of whiskey in front of the TV as you berate yourself for ruining everything. All right, one more. So let's say you have only the environmental aspect going for you. This is the change my space, change my face approach. Okay, cool. You finally moved to a better house in a better neighborhood. You're so stoked to be living in a modern home where you have privacy and a real standard of living instead of being trapped in a shady apartment complex. This is it. Your chance to be a whole new you. And then you remember that your mom really wanted you to spend your paycheck to support her again this month. You're selfish and ungrateful all of a sudden. You take that self-evaluation hard. You feel like a little kid being scolded and your inner critic starts yapping. Without even realizing it, you're distracting yourself from the inner shame spiral with, you guessed it, sedentary living in front of the snack cabinet again. Suddenly, you're feeling too useless and gross to even go out into that brand new yard of yours. So much for starting your garden today. Might as well get out the whiskey. And so, I contend that making alterations in one area of your life is an amazing start, but it probably won't lead to a graceful finish. It's a good effort, but there are too many missing pieces to make this machine function with dysfunctioning cogs. Can you keep, can one keep you afloat as you work on repairing the others? Maybe. What if you have two out of three of the components. And I'm gonna be honest, I think this is where most of us settle. We get some of the things moving in the right direction and the last one just kind of falls by the wayside. And that's why we fall on our faces. What if you're making good strides in some areas? You have two thirds of the axes in place. Surely that's good enough, right? I mean, maybe for a while. But uh, if you're like me, limping along on 66.66% sounds a lot more metal than it will be in real life. Let me propose the pattern seen with two functional axes. Let's talk about having behavior and environment right. I'm calling this the imposter recovery. What if you have moved to a new place and changed your job and cut off your unhealthy social associates, stopped consuming depressing media, and started taking care of yourself with healthy routines and care? So by the books, it seems like you're doing everything right. Things look promising from the outside. Your friends and family think that you're doing really well. You look better, you feel better, you're clearly living better. But you can't shake the same old narratives in your head. You're not good enough for this. You aren't meant to have nice things. Your attempts at physical health and functional living are hilarious. You know you're never going to be able to keep them up. You never could. Something bad always happens. Something cracks your facade and exposes the rotting stench underneath. You live in constant stress, waiting for the other shoe to drop waiting to be exposed for the stupid, dirty, broken butthole that you are. When your environment is right and your behaviors are generally pro-you, things seem promising for a minute or two. But when you haven't addressed your underlying fucked up core beliefs, self-hate, and history of trauma, it really doesn't matter in the long term. 
you might actually start having increased mental unrest, which will eventually topple the other structures you've created. If you don't feel like you're worthy of the things in your life, not only are they meaningless in the grand scheme of things, but you will find a way to sabotage them. If you feel like an imposter, you will suffer from increased guilt, shame, and self-judgment. You will start to expect negative life events. I mean, it's only fair that the world will come back to bite you in the ass while you paint on your fake smiling face, after all. And where you send your bad energy, shitty times will follow. Eventually, your new digs won't mean anything. Your home will start to deteriorate as you ignore your household responsibilities. Who cares? No one is coming over anyways. Your work performance will suffer as you contend with increasing depression, anxiety, and stress. Who cares? You don't deserve to have this position and you're destined to be found out one day. Your new workout routine and clean living will subside. What's the point when you'd rather sit inside and spend time alone than burden society with your presence? Your interest in positive media and social connections will disappear as you start to find all of this self-improvement and optimistic thinking really fucking obnoxious. Long story short, even if you put shiny wrapping on new external circumstances, your unaddressed mental and emotional scars will continue to fester until they stink up the whole place. Your trauma life recovery will rot from the inside out. It may seem like you have it all, but fucker, you don't have shit if your brain is still focusing on all the worst aspects of your internally miserable existence. You won't even appreciate the things that you have accomplished. Maybe when they're gone you will, so that you can beat yourself up for the good things that you had and lost. (laughs) Until you take the extra energy, free time, and positive feelings that are created from improving behaviors and environments and use them to change your damn mind about life, you're going to fall down again. But hey, you might look better while you do it. Who's depressed? Okay, moving on. So let's say that you have the inner landscape and the environment components on your side. You're taking good care of them every day. I'm calling this the armchair recovery. Do you know anybody who deeply immerses themselves in piles of motivational books, self-improvement podcasts, and spiritual learning? Maybe they spend a lot of money on expensive expensive fixes that are recommended by the thought leaders that they follow. From the outside, they have an awesome job and a cool place to live, maybe even an enviable relationship. When you meet them, you're intimidated. This person wields words and resources that make you feel inferior. They seem self-assured and wiser than all the rest. Plus, they have figured out the best ways to live for a bomb-ass Instagram account. They're always talking about the methods to be more productive, more grounded, more successful, and more grateful. They seem to have all of the answers. But when you take a look at their actual lifestyle, how they practically move through the world, uh, maybe you eventually realize that they're kind of a goddamn disaster. There seems to be a disconnect between the words they speak, the image they project, and the way they actually spend their time each day. Yeah, I call this the armchair recovery attempt. It's kind of like that toxic positivity thing. 
sitting back from a lofty place of a absorbing all the positive information on the planet, talking a big game, but never showing up with supporting behaviors where the rubber meets the road. This is what happens when you've worked on your mental environment and your physical environment, but you haven't carried through with the final component. Enacting all of the things that you've learned from therapy, TED Talks, and your company wellness program. What happens with this fucker? Well, they seem great through and through, until the alcoholism that masquerades as being a good time guy with fine taste in whiskey and craft beer starts to show its face, until their terrible diets and sedentary lifestyle catches up with them in the form of decreased self-esteem and digestive disorders, until their tendency to splurge on fun activities instead of maintaining a budget starts to undermine the sprinkling of wealth that they overestimated from their enviable job. Then what happens? Well, all that spiritual and mindset learning will only take you so far when you haven't figured out how to practically enact it. Without the coping skills to deal with these new problems, where is that sparkly career, home, and social network headed? If you lose your hard-earned external accomplishments and you don't have the habits to support healthy living, is that strong self-evaluation going to continue? Or is that mindset going to hit the toilet with the same explosive quality as all the E. coli-tainted appetizers that this prosperous lifestyle funded? Mm-hmm. We all know this person. They know how to regurgitate what they've learned. They know how to create a comfortable lifestyle, free of outside stressors, but they don't functionally have what it takes to keep themselves from a rapid crash. And their behaviors will ultimately be the factor that undoes all of their other progress. It'd be sad almost if they weren't so smug. All right, lastly, I have the behavior perspective approach. So what if your brain and your behaviors are on the right track? I call this the yo-yo recovery style. One more scenario. What's the outcome if folks figure out their mental hangups and put positive routine behaviors into place? Well, surely that's going to carry them to the finish line, yeah? Like fix your mental space, fix your physical existence. That's it. What could go wrong? All right, so someone is in therapy. They have a good outlook, they feel fond of themselves, and they back it all up by being a good, well-balanced human when it comes down to caring for their physical needs. They get out of yoga one day, ready to conquer the motherfucking world, and then find out that their car was broken into, their brother just got arrested again, and their work is threatening to fire them if they don't come back to the office to complete somebody else's job. When they try to get social support, they find out that their best friends have been drinking and coking out since 8 a.m. To unwind, they turn on a depressing shit show on TLC and try to forget all the complications as gunshots ring out from the complex parking lot and cause them to have panic attacks. What's going to happen with this fucker? Is that positive mindset and carefully designed routine going to keep them from falling into a traumatized life again? Well, clearly my opinion is a resounding nah. Sure, they are embodying everything necessary to keep clipping along through trauma recovery. 
But what about the chaotic job that causes them to have emotional breakdowns and fear responses every few days? What about all the people around them acting as negative influences with substance abuse and shitty attitudes? What about the dangerous environment outside their front door that continually re-triggers horrific memories of old traumas? Try as they might, and fuck, maybe they have an incredible mental fortitude that I'm underestimating. It happens. They will probably start to crumble at some point. Those good behaviors will start to slide. Those positive men mindsets will dull a little each day. God forbid something newly traumatic happens in their unfortunately entropic and unsafe environment, which spokes a, sparks a total meltdown. There are myriad ways that this one, like the rest, can go wrong. The thing is, this one seems like it's the most promising, am I right? Like, they would probably get a shiny gold star, an A for effort. They're really fucking trying. And I bet you anything that they see a lot of trauma recovery success when the pieces are falling into place. They will be feeling amazing, looking a million percent better, and talking with a renewed excitement for this thing we call life. It will seem like they've cracked the code. The world should just bow down. <laughs> but without the external influences to keep a fucker evenly keeled and untriggered, it's just a matter of time. With uncontrollable circumstances comes mental distress. In a trauma survivor's world, this means fear responses and avoidant behaviors are going to take over. Maybe not today, maybe not the first time they're berated at work for something outside of their control, but someday soon. That perfect combination of unpredictability and past trauma will pop up and cause a breakdown. So watch their mental health journey and be ready with your neck brace because you're signing up for a case of whiplash, even when all systems seem to be functioning under their professional control. All right, fuckers. That's it. I did it. That's all I've got for you. My hypothetical model for the major influencers of your horrible, traumatized life. Written in one day with great wrist irritation and a backlog of my real work to do as a result. What else do you want from me? Oh, like how to renovate all these areas of life? Uh, again, I don't think I'm the best person to ask, but maybe if enough of you do, I'll try to give that a shot. If you want a real expert opinion, and you should... I'll recommend for the billionth time that you check out the Trauma Bibles from Surviving to Thriving and The Body Keeps the Score. Please look into them if you're interested in what people with doctorates in psychology have to say. Again, you should. I can only provide speculation from my ponderings, anecdotes from being a traumatized motherfucker myself, and recently acquired facts about behavioral applications. But hey, at least I'm recovered enough to be trying. This wrist-sacrificing writing requires all three prongs to be in place. That's it, y'all. That's my long, drawn-out thoughts on all three things that need to be working in your life for your trauma recovery to work long-term. I think we've all gotten up and fallen back down again. 
probably dozens of times, hundreds of times. If you want to keep that momentum going, if you really want to find some relief in your life and make lasting change, those are the things that I think you need to concentrate on. Are they massive categories that require a ton of self-analysis and work? Yeah. Is it really easy to talk about changing them and a billion percent harder to actually do it? Yeah. (laughs) But that's what needs to be done for this trauma recovery to happen, if you ask me. That's it. It's been a long one. I'm going to jump out before you have to hear my voice anymore. If you want to read this, uh, like a transcript form of it, my actual blog entry, it's called The Three-Pronged Axis for Trauma Life Recovery. It will be on the blog at t-mfrs.com or traumatizemotherfuckers.com. Go check it out if you want, or if you want to see my little graphic, or if you want to have any of this in writing just to remind yourself each day what you need to be fucking focused on. It's exhausting. It's not easy. And I'm sorry for that. If there's any advice that you have for other motherfuckers or anything else that you want to tell me, I'm here for it. You can get a hold of me through the social medias at Traumatized Motherfuckers or through the website, again, t-mfrs.com or traumatizemotherfuckers.com. And feel free to jump into the Discord community if you are so interested. Uh, Maybe we can help you with part of that environmental problem to be some positive reinforcement in your social environment. At least I like to think so. All right, fuckers. My name's Jess. I'm a traumatized motherfucker. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye. You think it's short with moments We can't do anything The fucking joke is We're winning when you blink It's short with moments Lousy with victory We're not